the blast from our past network. Welcome to People Don't Forget, a nostalgia cast that takes you on a particular journey down memory lane. As always, I will be steering the ship. In this episode, my guests and I will be talking about sports during the new millennium. As always, before we get started, I need to introduce my guest. Uh, dude, this has been a long time coming. I'm excited to introduce Mr. Josh Johnson. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going well, man. Excited, super excited to talk about sports with you. Can't do that with anybody else, really, because uh, all I talk to is my wife and my kids who don't understand anything. So it's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, but you probably sound like a know-it-all to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just make up stats. I mean, yeah, that dude had a 320 batting average in the month of May of uh, on Tuesday games. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man, I'm excited, too. It's been a while since we've actually spoken to each other sort of face-to-face. I mean, I can see you, like – Barely, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's nice, man. And, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for, for hitting me up and and, and wanting to talk about sports. Uh, you know, I know you're excited to do that. So, thank you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm always down to talk about sports and talk with my buddy, Scott. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah, let's just get into it. And obviously, you know, usually when I'm covering a particular year or something, I ask the guests to sort of tell me what was going on for them at that stage in their life. But since we're being a little bit more broad and we're covering the whole decade, um, you know, give me, just tell me about like your relationship with sports. Um, when it began, early memories of sports, um, did you grow, what sports did you grow up watching, playing, kind of all that stuff? Yeah, for sure. So let's see. So I was born in 93. So yeah, we are the same, right around the same age, year old. But yeah, I know. Um, I know. Don't <laughs> Yes, sir. Um, no, but so I, I played sports most growing up. Uh, I played soccer. Didn't like it at all. Um, just too much running. I am a, a larger gentleman, so um, running is not my strong suit. I played baseball was my main love. Did play basketball. Uh, I was called Baby Shaq, probably just because of my size, but I like to think because I was decent. Um, the first, I remember my first basketball game, it was like sixth grade. The final score, I kid you not, dude, was eight to four. And I scored four of those eight points. <laughs> it was a long season. Dude, you scored the same amount as the other team. Yeah, I know. It was great. I ended up, yeah, we, we, we did a little bit better, got clicking and stuff, but it was, yeah, that's like the one memory that I have of basketball. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so I grew up doing, uh, baseball and basketball never actually played tackle football uh i wish i did but my older brother got to and just buying all the gear was a mess so that i love watching any sports mostly the big three uh you know in texas we don't do hockey too much i know the stars are a thing but i stick to watching baseball football basketball let's see some some nice memories that i have i feel like the first sports memories is watching the Marlins World Series on TV. Dude, my favorite World Series. Let's really? Yeah. 97? I was a huge – so I was a huge Pudge fan. That was my favorite player. I was a catcher because of Pudge and just watching him and Jim Leland win the World Series was fantastic. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Both Marlins World Series are, like, two of my absolute favorite World Series because they were such, like, an underdog team both times. For sure. Like, as a wild they didn't card. lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I definitely remember 
watching those two. Um, did you have any particular athletes that you remember as a kid that you kind of idolized or that you looked up to? Yeah, um, I definitely looked up to uh, Pudge, like I said, Ivan Rodriguez. Texas, uh, right? As a, like a really little kid, I'm sure. Well, as a little kid, I was I was in New Orleans, so we didn't have a baseball team. So that's why my favorite team is the Tigers. Funny story, because I was watching, I think it was like a Sunday night baseball game. And my brother had, he was a Braves fan. And I didn't want to be like him. And uh, because they had, you know, they were always on TBS. Yeah. And so... Uh, it was the it was the Rangers versus the Tigers, and I said, whoever wins this game, I'm going to root for. And uh, ended up being the Tigers, and then Pudge went over there, and so that was my baseball fandom. And then everything else, I'm New Orleans through and through. Um, so I am not like you. I enjoy the team compared to the person, but uh, big big Joe Horn fan, Aaron Brooks. Uh, I used to think he was really good. Um, you and like five other people, (laughs) right? I mean, but then, like, when we got Breeze, I was like, oh, dang, that guy was not very good, you know. (laughs) (laughs) When you got Colston, you were like, oh, Joe Horn was not as consistent as I thought, yeah, but he was fun. I mean, just him pulling out that cell phone, yeah, like, just like the, the tomfoolery that he did was fantastic and just brought character to the game, like Ocho Cinco and stuff. Um, basketball i didn't really get into that until probably late 2010s like right around there but uh i mean i was a huge i'm a huge person who loves loyalty so you know the kobe's the the dirks the tim duncan's banus um if you stay for a team i enjoy you that's fair yeah no i get it um and we'll get in obviously you know we're gonna break this down a little bit you know, we can talk about individual players and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, mine is similar. My, my sports story, I, I remember kind of my earliest memories as um, watching my dad play basketball. Um, we grew up like right across the street. Our apartment was right across the street from like a park that had a basketball court. So I could see the court from the uh, second floor window. We lived on the second floor. So I remember my dad would go over there and he'd be just, you know, running like threes or fives, you know, with people in the neighborhood. And I definitely remember literally just like standing because I was so like small, just standing in front of the window, like for hours watching, not just him, but just like watching everybody play basketball and just kind of being fascinated by the sport. So that was kind of like my first love when it came to sports with basketball. But, you know, this was probably, I mean, I was born in 89. I was probably like four or five. So, I mean, this is like the mid nineties. I wasn't like watching basketball. This probably would have been around the time Jordan was retired. Looking back mm-hmm. on it, um, but my sister was like a huge like softball player. She played softball mm-hmm. at like the local little league. So we would go to my dad would take me and my brother to her games, and that was kind of like the sport that I started playing. Mm-hmm. Sister played it, and once you turned four, you could enroll in little league. And so I remember I'd be watching, and everyone would, you know, just be like, when you know you're almost four, like you're going to start t-ball. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is a foregone conclusion. I yeah. I didn't know any better. I was four. I was like, okay, like it, to me, it was like going to school. It was like something you had to do. So I was just like, yeah. okay, I guess I'm going to start playing. And um, you know, so obviously I did. Like started playing t-ball, and then I got really really good at baseball. So that became my main focus. Like. Every everything was baseball every day. Like I would wake up, I would go to the park, I would put a tennis ball and a notepad of like all every major league baseball team's lineup, like whatever <laughs> year it was in the nineties. 
and I would take the tennis ball and my baseball gloves and I would roll the ball as hard as I could against the wall. Sometimes I would throw grounders. Sometimes I would throw fly balls. And however, like I fielded the play was what the hitter did. So I'd be like, all right, Jeff Bagwell's up to bat. And I throw the ball and it's like it ricocheted back and I caught it and it was like a fly out. If it went over my head, it was a home run. If it like went through my legs, it was like a double. And so I would literally sit there and fill in the box scores just based on like my performance. And I would stand out there and stay out there for hours and hours. So, you know, like especially in the 90s was in the early 2000s, everything for me. So that's kind of where that came from. And I didn't really watch football. Um you know, I watched a lot of baseball. I remember watching like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, home run chase. My mom let me stay up to watch McGuire um, hit his mm-hmm. 70th. I remember that. I remember watching Jordan and the Bulls play the Jazz in the finals um, and him hitting the shot over Byron Russell. Byron Russell, I definitely remember that. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch football at all just because it wasn't a, really a sport that like was played in my neighborhood either. So I didn't really didn't have exposure to it. And when kids were playing, my dad was like, no, you can't play because you can't get hurt with baseball. So it wasn't until, I mean, football is by far my favorite sport now, but it wasn't until later. In life. So, yeah. um, I've never heard of anybody playing baseball, single player. Like there's no single player mode in baseball. You know what? I My brother <laughs> was, I don't know. He didn't want to play. So I had to take matters into my own hands. Like my friends weren't obsessed with it like I was. So like they were like doing other things, playing video games. I was like, <laughs> doing other normal kid stuff. And I was just sitting there literally for hours. I was like that weird kid in the neighborhood that's just always by himself with baseball. That's awesome, dude. I, lo- I love the creativity, man. It's so cool. I wish I would have done that. Yeah, dude, when I say I was obsessed, like it's, I had notebooks and notebooks. Like I would make new logos for every team with like my markers and tool. Like I had notebooks of just like made up logos for every baseball team. Like it was, it was like baseball, I mean, I mean, that was it. It was just like, you're going to be a baseball player. There was no, like my cousin was a scout. There was just no, there was no way around it. So baseball was my life. And, and because of that, um, I think that's where we'll start. Um, and like, like you said, and, and I alluded to, we're kind of in the same age range. So that's why I wanted to do uh, the 2000s. Because I feel like we're going to have, you know, memories that overlap, you know, because you really start coming into your own, right? Form your own opinion stuff when you're, you know, when, once you hit like 10, 11, 12, right? So for both of us, that would have been in, you know, the early 2000s. So, you know, I wanted to kind of go through that. And I think there'll be some good stuff. Uh, but before we do that, I need to shout out the BFOP Network. These guys are awesome. You know, they took me in and, and allowed me to become a part of the family. And, you know, all of them offer some great podcasts that I recommend listening to. So, but don't just take my word for it. Let them tell you for themselves. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. All right, yeah, so, you know, let's start with baseball. Um, you know, one of the things I really enjoyed about baseball during the 2000s was we started to see a changing of the guard from the 90s, right? The 90s was really dominated by the Braves and the Yankees, right? I mean, the Braves the entire decade, and then the Yankees the second half of the decade. 
just dominated baseball. So there yeah. wasn't, you know, like even you said, you know, like your brother was a Braves fan. They were always on TBS. Like it was just like overexposure, right? It was too much to where you didn't want to root for them because they were the only game in town, it seemed like. Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously the Yankees, even in the 2000s, like during the World Series in 2000, 2001, 2003. But we also saw a mix of other teams win, which was nice, right? The Angels, the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Phillies all won in a decade. Uh, the White Sox dominated the World Series in 05. And of course, you know, we finally saw the, the Red Sox break the curse of the Bambino in, in 2004. And then they won again in 2007. So you had a lot of different teams that were just kind of blocked before, you know, really kind of break through and emerge uh, in baseball. And I, I thought that was really cool in the 2000s. Um, what do you remember about some of those teams or any World Series during this time? Were you watching them, paying attention to them? Uh, man, so like I said, I remember watching the Marlins yep. uh, win theirs. Uh, I remember the White Sox because that was – against Houston. And so that was the year we actually moved to Houston because of Katrina. So um, remember that I just do not like Houston sports in general, especially nowadays because scandals, <laughs> there's like a police chase happening or something. And it's oh. crazy. There's like sirens everywhere, but anyway, sorry. Speaking of scandals. Yeah. <laughs> I like Right next door is the the huge bar district in the college, so there's gotcha. always stuff happening. But especially because school just started. But uh, yeah, so I remember that one pretty vividly. Those are really like the only two that I remember specifically. Uh, I wasn't watching too much baseball back then, um, but I I remember watching you know Sports Center for hours on repeat like memorizing all the words that you know yeah i feel like you know baseball at the time was just it was still pretty popular like i know that kind of this past decade you know there's been a lot of talk about you know the sport losing a lot of its popularity and you know the nfl and the nba and even you know other sports you know soccer and even like mma and and boxing and things like that have, have kind of been more popular for people, but it was still really popular. I remember during the two thousands and, you know, they still had a lot of, um, a lot of good, good players that were on the way out, but, you know, in addition to parody with the standings, we were also treated to the emergence of a lot of, you know, new stars, right. It was a whole new generation of players. So obviously we all know that Barry Bonds hit 73 homers in 2001. Yeah. It fits within the time frame. I don't really want to talk about that. I feel like that's been covered, you know, a lot. So you know, whatever it's, it's, it happened and we're not really going to talk about it, but you know, the steroid era as it was, was kind of diminishing. Right. And, you know, we were treated to a, a, a slew of new sluggers like Albert Pujols, David Ortiz, Miguel Cabrera, as well as perennial batting title contenders like Joe Maurer and Ichiro. Um, on the pitching side, we had dominant starters such as Roy Halladay, Johan Santana, Tim Lincecum, CC Sabathia. So, you know, a lot of great players with like really good personalities that were good for the game, which, the baseball really needed after you know everything that happened in the late 90s so obviously I already asked you you know some of your favorite you know guys you idolized and I know Pudge but you know were there some other players from the era that you know that you liked whether they were Tigers or not <laughs> yeah I mean I did have a love for uh Larry Chipper Jones my brother hated it when I called him Larry so yeah. I did that a lot <laughs> um I mean that Braves team was so nice just with uh Andrew Jones Chipper you had John Schmoltz, you know, the big three pitchers, Schmoltz, Maddox, and Glavin. Oh, yeah. Um, that was, it was just a fun team. I, I feel like 
with baseball, there were no like super teams, you know, it was just a bunch of good people and they stayed in there. I feel like they have people moving other than your boy, Gary Sheffield, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and a, a couple others, but like, for the most part, I don't feel like there were super teams. Like they might, you might be able to debate now with, you know, the Yankees and, and Dodgers and stuff. But um, so I feel like it was just a great time for baseball. Um, I'm trying to think of like other players that, I really enjoyed. What about like pitchers? Was there like, was, were there pitchers where you were just like, I really, you know, I really like that guy or. Man, I don't, I don't feel like I like other than those three pitchers, probably not. Uh, I really liked, I love Dontrell Willis just because of yes. his, uh, you know, his, his leg kick. That was beautiful. Non pitchers weren't really my thing. I, I enjoyed, you know, the offense and obviously pitchers can't really hit very well other than. Bartolo Colon, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Dontrell Willis was the basketball equivalent of like Lynn Sanity, right? Like he came out of nowhere. He wasn't like this huge like prospect. He came out of nowhere. He was great for the sport. Like everybody got into it for a little bit, but it didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah, he just kind of flamed out. I feel and yeah, um, kind of sad because that leg kick was a thing of beauty. It was definitely a phenomenon. Like the whole D train thing when he first came up. Yeah, that was. That was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I you know, for me, like, you know, obviously Albert Pujols, you know, was my favorite player. And like you said, Gary Sheffield's my guy. Those have always been, you know, kind of my two guys. Um, even, you know, playing the video games and stuff, MVP baseball. Like, those <laughs> are the guys I was using all the time for sure. But, yeah, I also really liked uh, Mark Teixeira, Ryan Howard, Manny Ramirez. Um, Grady Sizemore was a guy that I really liked. Um, I like those five-tool kind of outfielders that did a little bit of everything. So, you know, those were guys that I really liked. And Tim Lincecum was definitely like one of my one of my favorite pitchers to watch. He just, you know, with the ridiculous wind up and oh, yeah. he was just so small and skinny, but just so dominant on the mound. Yeah. I feel like he kind of flamed out a lot. Yeah. But that's more recent not in the decade, I'd say. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he got at least two Cy Young Awards, you know, before he, you know, kind of flamed out. But when he like that's the thing, when he was good, I mean he was it's just prime. unhittable. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of good pitchers back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brent Lidge, for sure. The dude was just gas. Yeah, he was a lights-out closer, for sure. Yeah, I mean, there there were a lot of – it was like a lot of guys that when they were really good, they were, like, so unhittable. Like, Felix Hernandez for Seattle was Ooh, like yeah. that. Like, he was really good for a long time. Cliff Lee had a stage where, like, he was just dominant. So there were definitely a lot of guys there, but, um, you know, we'll wrap up baseball. I mean, you know, do you really, is there anything else to say about baseball in the two thousands? Like, you know, do you, do you have any, any other memories or anything like that? I can't remember if it fits the time frame, but I was there for Biggio's 3000th and that was okay. beautiful. That's awesome. I, I don't remember when it was though. I mean, it was, it had to be, I probably toured cause I think he retired not too long after they were in the world series. Right. So. Let's see, I can take a quick Google search here. But My yeah, guess would uh, be it was probably like around 2007, 2008. Let's see here. <clears throat> but yeah, El Caballo, Carlos Lee, Jack, the walk-off Grand Slam dude. Oh, yeah, that was 2007, so it fits the time frame. Um, that was the best memory that I have because, you know, it's. Uh, I think he caught that game to start and uh, because, you know, that's where he started and then moved yep. to second base moved outfield and stuff obviously too but um that was just so cool being able to see that um yeah that's really awesome actually yeah we did 
I went to a few parks and stuff that like uh, our family vacations, we would try to catch a, a game anywhere. So uh, we went to Bush stadium and saw the Cubs Cardinals. That was really cool. Tried to get in a Yankee stadium, but tickets were too damn expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but so I think that would be like a bucket list is to see all the MLB stadiums. I know that the people that do those stadium tours, like I envy them. Yeah. Like that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting and unique. Just you think about all the people that played there, you know, just whatever stadium you're at. Yeah. So Biggio 3000, definitely my top moment. Do you have a, like a, of all the stadiums, which one's your, your favorite? Uh, the ones that I've specifically been to or yeah. just all time? Um, or both. Yeah, both, unless it's the same. No, no, yeah. I mean, obviously I have Comerica dear to my heart because yeah. um, that I'd love to go see like, you know, the, the classic Fenway, Wrigley, um, Camden Yards, you know. Yeah. Um, I really liked going to Seattle, the uh, – I don't even remember what it's called. Did you go to the Kingdom or Safeco? Safeco. Yeah. With the uh the umbrella type thing. It's so cool. That would be like just the the favorite because it was kind of you know the coolest. Yeah, I haven't been to like too many stadiums myself. Um I you know, obviously Yankee Stadium, um mm-hmm. both Yankee Stadiums, the you know, the older one and then the new one that was built in two thousand and eight. Um I went to the old Three River Stadium that the Pirates played yeah. at, which was like the spiral shaped. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That that was a, such an old stadium. I remember feeling like it was gonna like collapse while I was. Yeah, in. right. It was just so old. Uh, I mean, I like that one. Obviously, like I love Dodger Stadium. Ooh. There's just so much history there, and yeah. I just feel like it's just such a good time whenever you're at a Dodgers game. Like it's just a lot of fun. Um, so that I would say that's my favorite, just because it's just fun. Like, <laughs> it's a good atmosphere. Like it's different, mm-hmm. obviously like being from New York and going to Yankee games and with, you know, I've been to Yankee Red Sox games and Ooh, there's, that'd be... it's contentious and it, it, there is like, there's a lot of tension. You can kind of feel it. It's people are screaming at each other and it's just kind of belligerent. Whereas Dodger stadium, super chill and yeah. everyone's just having a good time and like enjoying themselves. Unless you're playing the Astros probably, I feel. Well, that's every, I think that's every team. <laughs> that's like every, every stadium. stadium yeah. Now, so. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, like I was just there last month and, uh, you know, I was walking to to pick up like some nachos or something and Cody Bellinger hit a home run and everyone's just like cheering together. And it, yeah. that, like that's just so cool. You know, like the person next to you is a stranger, but you're you're sharing it and embracing it, you know, together like your your best friends. So, yeah, that's the beauty of sports. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's really cool. So uh, let's pivot and we'll go into uh, basketball. But before we do that, here's another podcast that you should check out. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. All right. So, yeah, the NBA was really interesting during the 2000s. Um, You know, Michael Jordan officially retired early in the decade, paving the way for new superstars and dynasties. The Lakers dominated early on with Kobe and Shaq going back to back to back. 
Um, I still remember being really surprised when Shaq was traded to Miami just because they had such a good thing going there. And I mean, who knows how many more championships they could have won together. The Spurs basically became the NBA's version of the 90s Braves, uh, contending for the title every season with strategy and fundamentals. Tim Duncan led them the championship in 03, 05, and 07. Uh, We had the 2004 Pistons, who shocked the Lakers super team to win the title. And Dirk Nowitzki brought a title to Dallas in 2006. Then the Celtics started the big three era with Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen, and everything went to hell. Um, And that's a personal opinion because I don't like big threes in in that era. And and they kind of started that right at the end of the decade. But, um, you know, what are your thoughts on the NBA during this time period, the 2000s? Yeah, I definitely agree with you about the big three. I can't stand the state of the NBA right now that only big market teams get um, yeah. you know, championship shots other than Milwaukee, of course. Glad for them. But uh, yeah, man, I loved – I remember watching Kobe and, and, uh, and Shaq in the finals. I remember – I don't have many finals things, but I remember staying up late and watching my the Spurs with my dad – um, you know, it's always special just because those memories with your, with your folks. Yeah. I wasn't huge into basketball at that time. I was a Hornets fan at the time, but, uh, as you know, they were pretty sorry. So that was about, you know, the extent of it, but I loved my two favorite teams would probably be San Antonio and Dallas, just cause they were good. They were fundamental. They weren't like crazy flashy or anything they just did what they had to do and the great coaching yeah no that's it was the exact opposite of you know like what the lakers were doing right they were all showtimey and it was alley-oops and you know crazy highlight real plays and yeah like you said the the spurs and and dallas that was all coaching it was old school it was like old school basketball yeah it was that balance that's what you had in the 2000s like you had those teams that were just like had that old school mentality, the Spurs, like the Pistons, right? The, that old Ford Pistons team, the Pacers, they were just like going to wear you out physically. But then you also had, you know, those teams that were running with the ball, right? Like the Steve Nash sons, right? Seven yeah, seconds, seven or, seconds less. or less. Like, you know, you had fun teams like that. They, they were a lot of fun to watch. You had mm-hmm. like the young, like Denver Nuggets teams in the mid two thousands were fun to watch. So there was definitely like a a really good balance in the league there. But I think the issue for me was that unlike baseball, there wasn't a lot of parody. Like you said, it was the same teams every year, right? Mm -hmm. It was the same teams were contending the Lakers in the West. It was the Lakers, the Mavericks, the Spurs, the Suns for the most part in the East. It was the Pistons, the Pacers, the Nets, you know, for a while. And then the heat one, you know, like once Shaq got there, they became yeah. contenders. That that was the issue there. Like in baseball, the Marlins can just come out of anywhere, a small market team, get into the playoffs and, and ride a hot streak. You know, yeah. we saw it a lot of times and that just was not happening and still to this day does not happen in, in the NBA. Yeah, because you, know? you need you need a big player or you probably need three big players right now, to be honest. And just, yeah. it wasn't the the case back then, which was nice. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, in the nineties, there were so many good teams that didn't win because of Jordan and the two thousands, there were like a lot of good teams that just didn't win championships because they just didn't have the money, right. Free agency kept getting more expensive and 
you know, these small, like the Hornets, right? The Hornets, they couldn't bring in a star player, a team like the Wizards, right? The Wizards mm. had a really good thing going there for a while with like Gilbert Arenas and Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson. Like they yeah. had a squad and they couldn't get out of the second round of the playoffs because they couldn't bring in more players around them. Orlando, right? Orlando had a lot of good teams for in sure. the 2000s and they just couldn't. Unfortunately, you just didn't see that like you did in baseball, but um, you know, the lack of parity was definitely a problem there, but you know, where it's not a problem, uh, the BFOP network, there is no lack of parity. Uh, we have really, really fun podcasts like this one. Hello everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. However you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Uh, Let's talk about some of the players around this time, though, um, as well. Because, you know, as much as it is a team sport, it's definitely, you know, the sport of the of the big three, it's the one where the players individually can shine the most. So mm-hmm. uh, the global expansion of the NBA skyrocketed during this time frame with international sensations like Tony Parker, Pau Gasol and Yao Ming leading the way. And of course, there was a 2003 draft, which gave us LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. You know, do you remember the hype around the league at this time, particularly for LeBron, but, you know, also for some of the other guys that were coming into the league? No, I don't, unfortunately. I mean, I, because I wasn't huge into it. I was, what, 2003, so I was 10. 10, yeah. So I um, was still playing more than watching. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's, they equated it to Zion, which obviously I know a lot about. So I can imagine, but just looking back at that draft, man, it was crazy stacked, dude. Like, damn. <laughs> well, in that, and there was just so much hype, right? Cause this was the era of, you know, the high school players coming into the league and yeah. that always got so much attention, but for them to actually be these transcendent superstars, like that was different than your Kwame Browns and like, the guys before that that hadn't panned out it, now it was like you had this you know what have you the next jordan or you know everything that they were touting lebron yeah. as you were baby shack while he was baby jordan in high school <laughs> you know and and that it, the hype around the league was just so exciting because you had your superstars that were there you had shack you had kobe you had Allen iverson but you had this crop of people that were coming in and, the, and this kid that you knew was going to carry the torch in the league for the next 15 years. It was just, it was really, really an exciting time for the league. Um, you know, and it wasn't just LeBron either. Like Carmelo had a lot of hype too. Like he led Syracuse to the national championship, yeah. you know, and as a freshman and then came out into the league, there was a lot of hype around him as well. So, uh, you know, aside from those superstar players, the 2000s gave us the debut of several other really important players in the league, like Chris Paul, Dwight Howard, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry. So, you know, I mean, just a lot of great, you know, future Hall of Famers, players that really change. I mean, Steph Curry and James Harden have changed the way that basketball is played. Yeah. 
you know, for the better or for the worse is mm-hmm. to be argued, but <laughs> either way, you know, they've, they've tra- changed the the status and the nature of the game. So, you know, that's so much, so much good talent that, that's coming in there at that time. Um, you know, obviously I know, again, you follow teams, so I'm sure you, you know, like Chris Paul at this time being a Hornet, but you know, who were some of your favorite players from this era? Yeah. So basketball, I feel like I could be more of a, a fan of a player compared to a team just because my team was so bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I did like Chris Paul will not comment on my feelings about him anymore. Um, they're not good, but yeah, Chris Paul was definitely up there. Um, Dwight Howard. I just loved how I like a dominant big man and he was that Steph Curry. I love him just because he changed the game. I think for the better, just James Harden, not, um, not a fan. But I will go to my grave hating that – not hating, but disliking that man. Um, other players from that era, Blake Griffin. I really oh, enjoyed yeah, the Clippers. Lob City, I loved them back in the day. Was that – am I too late in that? Yeah, that's 2010. Yeah. So he came into the league in 2009. Yeah. But he was a yeah. phenom in college too. Like, yeah, Blake Griffin, one, he's one of my all-time favorite players. A healthy yeah. Blake Griffin. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, not anymore. I mean, he had a good year. But uh, let's see who else, man. Steve Nash, definitely. I just loved his game um, because he was not selfish. I feel like that's my biggest quality of love. Like, if you're not selfish as a – professional athlete i will probably love you and if you're loyal to a team and don't trash the city but uh yeah those players i mean like i said the spurs the big three there um popovich i really enjoy popovich um i think he's a great coach and he can he keeps doing it without star players you know i mean obviously a couple down years in the past but uh you know he continues to just do what works and not change anything. He doesn't cheat like other great head coaches, um, you know. But yeah, those are those are the big players that I, I feel like are uh, some of my favorites. Yeah, um, I was a big Tracy McGrady fan like, for the longest time in the 2000s. I loved watching him play. He was just so flashy. He was so talented. You know, there were nights where he was literally unguardable. And like, I just, I, I love that. And, you know, he was a guy that never really got the credit, right. That he deserved because of LeBron and Kobe and like, you know, a lot of other guys that were playing similar positions and similar style to him. But I love Tracy. I really liked Amari Stoudemire. Uh, he was another player. I really liked Vince Carter. Love yeah, Vince Carter. Yeah, for sure. I remember playing him in NBA jam on my N64. He was my yeah. three-point contest dude. I always loved yeah. him. Vince Carter was just great for the league, uh, for sure. And I, I always really liked Rip Hamilton. He was a guy that I always liked. I just liked his style of play, you know, a guy that it was kind of just that mid-range assassin. Like, mm-hmm. he would just get open. Chauncey would give him the ball, and he would just go from, from mid-range. He was a hard-nosed player. He wore the face mask. Yeah, that face mask. With the, the face mask with the headband and the cornrows. <laughs> like, he was – I don't know why, but, you know, I, he was always just a player that I liked. I liked Paul Pierce pre big three. I was a, I was definitely a Paul Pierce fan, you know, before, and it's not, obviously it's not his fault that the front office did that. Like, um, yeah. you know, it doesn't, I still like Paul Pierce, but it was obviously harder to root for him once 
they became a big three, but I definitely liked, uh, like Paul Pierce. So, um, you know, let's not forget about college basketball either, uh, during the decade where teams like North Carolina, Duke and Yukon were powerhouses, uh, with popular college athletes. Um, you know, I remember being in school in high school and in 2005, 2006, and just having debates with my friends and with kids I didn't even know about like JJ Reddick and Adam Morrison and Tyler Hansbro and just like those college basketball players that, you know, were really good and, and really well known at the time. Where were you with like college basketball? Is that something you you followed? Did you even really pay attention to it at all? The only time I followed college basketball was about February because I'd start trying to partake in in March Madness, you know, yeah, <laughs> trying to right. get ahead of the curve. Um, I did. So in 2000, let's see, I graduated in 12. So, yeah, 2009, 2010, I got to perform at the Final Four All-Star Game. Like, um, so, like, I remember specifically Jimmy Fredette was the only person that I knew. Yeah. Loved him um, and what he did and just his range was crazy. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge college basketball fan. I'm probably still not, if we're being honest. It's my weak link of yeah. sports. Yeah, like you said, it's always fun tournament time. Like that's, oh, yeah. you know, when people paid attention. But, yeah, I mean, there used to be a lot of talk about just like J.J. Reddick, you know, being – just the best Love shooter of all him. time. Yeah. Adam Morrison was the next Larry Bird. Ooh, yeah. You know, mustache, there, was, there were just so many guys like Glenn, big baby Davis. There you go. LSU guy was the next Shaq, you know, th- like they were just Greg Odin when he was in college was, it was a big deal. Emeka Okafor was a big deal when he was in college. So there's definitely th- this was, it's not like that anymore. Right. Because mm-hmm. he, there were obviously guys were going straight from high school to the NBA and there were a lot of one and dones, but it wasn't, to the level where it was now, like you still had guys that would play for three to four years. So yeah. you'd be able to see a guy like a Steph Curry or, you know, a player like that who played all, you know, all four years or played three years and you actually get to know them as a player before they get to the NBA. So that was pretty cool. And that's not something that we have anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you, I don't really watch college basketball too much anymore, I still follow it, but um, you know, I definitely can understand why you wouldn't, but I wouldn't understand it if you didn't follow the BFOP network because you should. And if you're not, um, here's a podcast that you can hear. Hello, la la la. I'm Adam and I'm Corey, and we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. All right, man. We have arrived at our destination. Um, I say football for the end because I, I know we're just both big football guys and, and probably have a lot to say. So, um, yeah, let's just get into it. The 2000s were honestly dominated by the Patriots. You know, they appeared in the Super Bowl four times in the decade, winning three of them. They became the team that practically everyone outside of New England hated. Uh, we also learned that defense does indeed win championships. Um, both the Ravens and the Buccaneers won the big game in 2001 and 2003, respectively, really in large part, to, you know, to their their stifling defenses. Uh, in the middle of the decade, 
we saw both the Steelers and the Colts hoist the Lombardi trophy, uh, which was the first of two in the decade for Pittsburgh. Uh, and even though the game was played in 2010, uh, in the 2009 season, a little team from New Orleans won the Super Bowl. So uh, let's just start there with you. Um, I figured you might have something to say about that Super Bowl in particular, but uh, tell me in general about your fandom of football in the 2000s. Were you watching every Super Bowl? Were you paying attention to, you know, just the Saints or, or what was your fandom like for football? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, it, yeah, obviously Saints every Sunday. Uh, if the Packers are on TV, we'd be watching that because my dad's a huge Packer fan. But, yeah, we would – the Super Bowl Sunday was kind of like a, a known thing that we were doing. Um, we had – Every Super Bowl Sunday, we had Super Dogs, nice. uh, which are essentially just hot dogs. With um, we kind of went out and got onions and relish, and you know all the other nice things. But um, so that was like something we looked forward to every year, especially being a <laughs> a larger kid, like I said. <laughs> but yeah, I got the chips and everything. It was great, and it was, it was a family thing. So I'm doing that. You know, my mom watched it for halftime purposes and commercials, and then yeah, I watched it for I watched it for both, but did miss uh that that wardrobe malfunction i did go to shower so <laughs> my parents were super happy and like i didn't realize it until like the next day at school and they're like did you see that and i was like no what the you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have to throw that in there if we're talking about football and Super absolutely Bowl, right? <laughs> no yeah you're right so like do you have you know do you remember like you know watching the games do you remember watching some of the patriots super bowls or watching like the steelers Oh yeah, man. I remember watching all of them really. I remember that, uh, the, the toe touch and the, that Pittsburgh Super Bowl. Um, oh yeah. That Steelers Cardinals game was really good. Oh, that was insane. That was dude. such a good game. Right. It was so back and forth. Um, I don't feel like, you know, like the, obviously the close ones are always going to be the best, just your memories. Um, obviously watching the Patriots win, unfortunately hated that. Um, but I, I really just rooted for close games if they weren't if they if they weren't my team, which yeah, they weren't most of the time still. But uh, yeah, I was always just a close game is what I wanted. Yeah, no, I mean definitely. I for me it's the same, but when it wasn't the Patriots, like yeah, I when it was the Patriots in a close game, it was like, well, the Patriots are going to win, so I don't really need to to get my hopes up or anything here, unless they're playing the NFC East, obviously, but. If they played any other team, we knew they were going to win. So um, it's like, yeah, like Tom Brady gets it with 35 seconds down seven. You're like, well, I'm going to just turn this off because yeah, I know exactly. how this story is going to end. <laughs> so I remember I so I did not watch the end of the um, the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl because oh, the, tw- the 20 yeah. to three, because I already knew I literally I remember turning it off. And then uh, like I saw an update on my phone that they took the lead and I was like or that they won an OT. And I was like, yep. Nope. Called it. Like, didn't have to watch it. Didn't want to watch it. Don't care. Uh, I didn't even watch the Patriots Eagles Super Bowl because I was boycotting the Patriots at that point, just because mm. again, just sick of it. I just, you know, wanted to see, you know, some other teams get their shot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got into football in like the mid two thousands. Um, I, you know, I was watching sporadically, like, you know, I think the first Super Bowl, I probably, I think the first game I remember watching I remember watching the Rams Titans, the Super Bowl in 99. Um, just like, yeah, like my cousin came over and it was on, but I wasn't really paying attention to it because I wasn't mm-hmm. really a football fan. The first game I remember watching was 
I don't know if it was the divisional round or the NFC championship, but it was the Eagles and Falcons. I want to say in like 04, 05, because it was, you know, Michael Vick versus yeah, Nab. And it like, I was a, you know, I, the Eagles were a team that I liked. Um, I remember kind of liking them. And that was a really good game. And then I remember starting to watch the Super Bowls pretty much after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was playing Madden really got yeah. me more into football because I was like, I want to know more about these players. Like, I want to know who they are. So then I, you know, started watching consistently like every week. And it's been the same ever since. So <clears throat> that's where I was at with, with football. By the end of the the 2000s, I was already like playing fantasy football with my friends like in high school. Mm-hmm. I remember getting into that with them. Um, and my, my best friend had the number one pick in our like draft with our friends. And I had like, I want to say like third or fourth. I, and I really wanted Larry Johnson. <laughs> uh, and he wanted, I want to say maybe like Maurice Jones drew and he had number one. And I was like, all right, so here's what we'll do. Like you take Larry Johnson, number one, I'll take Jones drew like at four. And then, I will trade you so that we can like swap picks in the next round so that you can go like, you'll go before me. Cause it was snake. So I was like, you'll mm-hmm. go before me in the next round. And like before the draft started, he was like, okay, cool. Like no problem. And then the draft comes and he doesn't take Larry Johnson at one. I think oh. he took like probably Tomlinson. And then, and like, so I, I, the reason I said that, cause the kid that picked second, our friend was a chiefs fan. So I was like, I know there's no way I'm getting Larry Johnson unless like my buddy John takes him at one. And after that, it was just like a free fall. I don't even remember who I ended up with, but oh man, it was, that sucked. But heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, he's like, I didn't want to miss out on LT. It's like, I get it, but we had like, <laughs> yeah, you had the gentleman's agreement there, man. Yeah, I know. I should have drew up a contract. I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. The decade of football gave us a lot of polarizing players such as Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ray Lewis, and Terrell Owens, just to name a few. We also got the roller coaster known as Michael Vick. So, um, you know, I'm just going to preface this with you outside of Drew Brees. Um, and, you know, did you have any other players that you really liked during this time? I mean, there were a lot of popular players at the time. You had Randy Moss with Damian Tomlinson, Donovan McNabb. You know, were there guys that you not necessarily rooted for, but that you liked watching or that, you know, do you remember seeing sports center highlights and just saying like, Oh man, like that guy's awesome. Like Ocho Cinco was one of those guys for me. Like mm. I just always kind of wanted to know what he was doing. So what, <laughs> what was that like for you? <clears throat> yeah. So obviously saints came first, but I, I, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of guys. Um, you know, Brett Favre was great. I know um, who else? Let's see. I didn't, like Randy Moss because like, he just kind of hopped teams and was I feel like he kind of gave off like a jackass vibe type thing wasn't a huge fan um let's see who else I like Deuce McAllister fantastic yeah. um but away from the Saints I as much as I hate to say it I really enjoyed Michael Vick as a yeah. as a Saints fan because he was a Falcon I couldn't stand him but because he was a left-handed which I was. So it was really cool to see a left-handed quarterback and, um, you know, just playing him in was at Madden 04 when he was just broken as hell. Um, I remember just running for days against my brother. <laughs> so uh, they were actually playing the Packers in, in Lambeau in a playoff game, the Falcons in, in Packers. And like I said, my dad's a huge Packer fan and for that game. 
it, I broke all the rules and I rooted for the Falcons as in ah. my, and Michael Vick beat them. And it was the first time the Packers ever lost in Lambeau in a playoff game. And my dad went ape shit on me. Just, I remember him breaking mugs and so upset. And it, wow. like, looking back, it's like, dude, I like, I didn't help them win, you know, but you it was did. So... You, you went against the family, <laughs> you know, the family Everybody, uh, creed. Cause I just felt like my dad was just like a huge, like, you know, he would just rub it in like, Oh yeah, the Packers are great. They're going to yeah. win this game. And I'm just like, you know, being a teenager, like I wanted to rebel and you think they're the best thing. Well, I want to show that they're not. And it was great but i still do not live this down my dad got me a, a falcon shot glass because i collect shot glasses and uh yeah it was not fun the awkward time in the johnson household there <laughs> so i i feel like most kids growing up you kind of have that one position that you kind of latch on to maybe even you don't even have to play football but like one that you really like like for me it was always wide receiver mm-hmm. ever since like the 90s like Antonio Freeman and Andre Reed, like I, I was always into wide receivers. Did you have like a specific position that, you know, that it was kind of like you just liked more guys at that position for whatever reason? I feel like it would have to be quarterbacks just because they're the most well-known. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't, I think now it would be like, I feel like linebackers are my, on my group. Yeah. Cause I feel like if too. I had to play, I would be a linebacker. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying about quarterbacks, though, especially during the 2000s, because there were so were many, many good ones, right? Like, obviously, Brady and Manning. You had Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Favre was still there at the end of the decade. Aaron Rodgers came in. Like, you know, that's a lot of – and, I mean, and that's just, you know, really the top guys. You you know, you had Kurt Warner, you know, still yeah. you know, at the beginning of the decade. You had a guy like Matt Hasselbeck who was really good for a long time. So, you know, there were uh, Steve McNair. Like, there were a lot of yeah. – a lot of really good quarterbacks in, in that, in the decade. So Carson Palmer was even really good for a while. Yeah. I feel like the, just the quarterbacks were stacked, but it could just be biased. No, I mean, I definitely think they were like, there were, you look at like the nineties and there weren't as yeah, many, true. like you had Aikman, Elway, Marino, Steve Young, you know, and, and, and some other guys, but it wasn't like almost every yeah. team, you know? There was just sure. so many guys in the 2000s. Like, Chad Pennington was really good. Trent Green had some great seasons. Mark Bolger, like, Jake DeLome. Like, <laughs> these guys yeah. were, like, really good quarterbacks. Yeah. And they all were pretty decent. I mean, they were – they led their team, you know. Yeah, exactly. Byron Leftwich was, like, a good quarterback for a little <laughs> while. So. Um, but, yeah, no, I, yeah, quarterback for sure. Yeah, mine was always wide receiver. So, I always liked, you know, Owens and Moss and, you know – more the flashy receiver, the diva receivers, if you will, I guess, like yeah. David Boston. I mean, obviously, like I love Larry Fitzgerald as well, like and yeah. Anton Bolden, kind of the anti-diva guys. But, you know, those diva receivers were they're just fun for the game. I mean, Ocho Cinco was just fun for the league. Right. You talk about the end zone celebrations, which was Ooh. huge in the decade. I mean, Owens and, and Chad Johnson, those were, you know, the main guys. Right. That were doing yeah. that stuff. So that was fun, man. Yeah, Ocho Cinco just brought it, and oh, I loved watching this touchdown dance. That's the thing; it was fun watching a game because you're like waiting for the touch. You know, you know, you're waiting for these guys to score touchdowns just because you want to see what they do and how they react. So that made it makes watching the games more fun. It did until they banned it. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, my, like my favorite player from the decade is, uh, is Tony Romo. So, you know, take that however, really, however you want to. Yeah. I just loved, I, you know, I loved the fact that he was, you know, he had that Tom Brady like story without the Super Bowls, right? Like yeah. not drafted high, um, you know, was third string coming into the season. Drew Bledsoe, just like Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe gets hurt, <laughs> he comes in and, and, you know, really, transforms the franchise like there were some really good cowboys teams with romo yeah. that just unfortunately due to bot snaps or you know does not catching air quotes the ball like <laughs> there were you know just some things that, that kept him from playing in a super bowl but i just liked him i just thought he was a good guy right like he was good for the league he wasn't like a troublesome quarterback or anything he was someone that, and obviously he's proven like you know post career that he's just a really good football mind and mm-hmm. I feel like he's yeah. was just really good for the sport. So I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like if he wasn't part of the Cowboys, mm-hmm. like just the franchise, I feel like he would be a lot more loved. Yeah. 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 Right. Like imagine if he played for like the Ravens or something like, yeah, for sure. I never thought about that until just now. So it's crazy. Yeah. That was my guy for sure. Um, it was also a fantastic decade for college football where the athletes truly felt like larger than life celebrities. Um, mm. You know, I think a lot of it was due to the success of the NCAA football video games. Um, you know, because of that, I, I think more people were paying attention to the individual players. Whereas before that, obviously, you know, they give out Heisman's and, you know, the Maxwell awards and individual awards, but people followed teams, right? You're like, I'm an Ohio state fan. I'm a fan of the U I'm a Michigan fan of the school, but I, in the mid two thousands, particularly you had, you know, Tim Tebow, Reggie Bush, Matt Leiner, Vince Young, those guys were household names before they ever stepped foot in the NFL. Uh, you know, what was your relationship with college football? I know you weren't a big college basketball guy. Is college football something that you paid a little bit more attention to? Yeah, I, I paid a little bit more, a lot more attention to college football than I did college basketball. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I remember watching the, was it the Rose bowl? I think with Vince Young and, uh, USC. I still, that's still one of the greatest football games <clears throat> I've ever watched. A hundred percent. And I remember I was specifically rooting. I hate to say it for Texas that day because so was I, <laughs> but at the, at the school, at the school I went to, if Texas won the next day, we had like a free dress day. And so <laughs> awesome. I remember after Texas won, we went to Academy to get a, a Texas shirt just so I wouldn't have to wear, you know, my Catholic school uniform. Uh, <laughs> And so that's the only reason. And as an AM fan now who lives in College Station, uh, you know, I, I have to say that very quietly because I might get jumped around here. But um, <laughs> Reggie Bush, I loved him, man. He was so electric and just, you know, stuff that you can never get away with in the NFL, you know, cutting back, not running north and south and just yep. mostly running south and east and west. I mean, he was a video game, like he the was. way he played, the spin moves and the juke moves and hurdling guys like everything every time he touched the ball it, it was it was must see like yeah there were so many guys like that at this time even a guy like ted ginn from at ohio state was mm. he was just so fun to watch him and antonio holmes like those guys were just so good ted ginn would get the ball on a screen run all the way to the other side of the, <laughs> the field not forward but to the other side yeah. elude all the defenders <laughs> and gain like 20 yards like it was it was watching college football was so much fun, mm-hmm. but again, it was because of the individual players, right? Like, yeah, you know, a Tebow, like people, you know, whatever you have to say about him now, love him or hate him. Like he was must watch. He was must see TV back then. 
Yeah, he was good, man. I I enjoyed him. I still do. I love him to death, man. I think he's, you know, and Matt Leiner. I mean, to this day, I think he's one of the greatest college quarterbacks of all time. He was just so good when he was there in college. And, you know, again, we need to separate. I'm trying to separate the NFL careers just because I want to focus on them just in college. Vince Young, that last season, I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, they were special, dude. It was, I feel like Matt Leiner's underrated just because he wasn't crazy mobile and because he had Reggie Bush, you know, for most of the time, but Reggie Bush not getting the Heisman back is yeah, travesty to NCAA. I, dude, I, I passed USC all the time, obviously living here in LA. And it's just like, I like walking on the campus. Cause again, it's just like so much history. I'm just like, wow. So many guys have, have been here. Like, I'm, you know, maybe you get that at A&M, you know, like, uh, you yeah. know, Hey, I'm eating the same French fry spot that Miles Garrett did, but it's just like, <laughs> You know, just walking and just being like Reggie Bush and Matt Liner and, and yeah. you know Mark Sanchez and like just all these guys. <laughs> I can't take Mark Sanchez seriously. <laughs> hey, hey. No, I, I have to. I have to separate college from from professional. I understand, but yeah. No, I mean, he wasn't like game. a great college player either. But he, I mean, he was, you know, the next in line in in that that great like dynasty. But yeah, I mean, college football to me was that's when it was at its best. I don't think it's been mm-hmm. as good the last you know, I guess maybe decade or so, obviously you still have your, your larger than life players, but I think it's a little bit different now. Obviously they've, you know, put different rules in place and there's, you know, different things that have happened to that I think have taken away from college football a little bit. Like, you know, you got the stuff with Penn state and just, you know, other things that I feel like have sullied it a little bit, Yeah. but man, I mean, what a time it was in the two thousands. Yeah. I mean, I think Bama just, you know, Bama is going to win. So you're playing for second place takes away from it too. It's just, it's annoying. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was probably similar, similar with USC, but it didn't last as long. Yeah. You know, it was just, a. it was like three years. Cause I mean, you had, you know, Florida, Ohio state, Texas. I mean, you had, I mean, Notre Dame when Brady Quinn was there, they they were title contenders. I mean, so there were a bunch and just any given Saturday you could, like it was, it was good. But uh, now it's just it's boring. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, but it's good to know that you were you were paying attention to to college football. Um, everyone should pay attention to this podcast. Here's a preview. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the '70s, '80s, and '90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. The 2000s has so many other legendary sports athletes and moments outside of the big three. You know, we had Tiger Woods dominating the golf world, Serena Williams and Roger Federer winning tennis major after tennis major after tennis major. Um, There was Jenny Finch, Jeff Gordon, Sean White, Lisa Leslie, Ronaldinho, Alexander Ovechkin, Lance Armstrong, and so many others. Were you, I mean, did you care about any of these other athletes, you know, in, in sports outside of the big three? Were you paying, you know, I know you said you watch a lot of sports centers. So obviously, you know, you knew who these people were. I mean, is it something that you you were paying attention to? I mean, I'm sure you know all those names, obviously. And... 
Yeah, I do know all those names. Uh, <laughs> I did pass that test. Uh, it was. <clears throat> I don't feel like I watched much. Uh, I, I don't watch tennis much. Um, I don't feel like you could watch softball, even if you wanted to. Uh, yeah. WNBA is probably the same way. Or it was back then. It's a little more accessible now. Yep. Um, hockey, like a lot of these sports, you just weren't able to watch on television. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I love Sean White. Uh, Jenny Fitch was fantastic. Just what she did for softball was still is crazy. And, um, you know, obviously Tiger Woods for sure. Um, everybody knows about him and, um, I feel like it gave way for people to enjoy golf and see oh, yeah. that it's not just rich white people, uh, which was really cool that anybody can, can do that. I, yeah. I think that he's by far the most popular and attention worthy athlete of the decade. I would say even before the scan, what was the, the scandals? Mm, I think 20, it's right towards the end. Yeah. Like yeah. right into the 2010s. But I mean, he was just, you know, every time you turn on Sports Center, oh yeah, the he first was thing was Tiger. It was before it could have been. It didn't matter what else was going on. The first thing was Tiger. The second thing was Serena, and then it was whatever else was happening in sports. Yeah. Like for a that, long time, that one shot that he hit, where it just like sits on the lip of the the hole. I don't, I don't know yep. if you know what I'm talking. Oh, about. I do. Man, that thing was beautiful. Yeah, it's it's the same for me. Like I wasn't watching these sports i mean if i if softball happened to be on i would i would you Ooh, know I would watch that yeah like i would try to watch it or like you know little league world series or whatever um mm-hmm. but i mean i watched a little bit of tennis i i like tennis i i remember i watched i think it was the u.s open no i think it was wimbledon it was a roger federer versus andy roddick match mm-hmm. i remember watching that i was staying in a hotel at the time you know, but I wasn't, it was more so following, just knowing what was going on and like keeping yeah. up from sports center or from the internet or whatever, just kind of knowing, Oh, you know, Jeff Gordon won another race. You know what I mean? Or, <laughs> you know, this person, yeah. Like this person won the Daytona 500 or, you know, so-and-so won the masters or, you know, the big events, right? Like this, yeah. this stuff like that, that you don't necessarily have to watch it to, to know what's going on. Like I remember Tampa Bay lightning winning the Stanley cup. I remember, you know, the Red Wings winning the cup. I remember the Mighty Ducks winning the cup, uh, <laughs> you know? It's so, yeah, I mean, I was following it, but it wasn't, I wasn't watching it. Like if I'm watching a sport, it was one of the big three for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, so that's, yeah, that's, that's where I was at, uh, you know, but the decade, you know, it gave us the Balco scandal, the malice at the palace and the Steve Bartman incident, no matter what it was, it was important and, and it shaped us. So, you know, I, I wanted to give you a few minutes now here to, you know, the four zeros to talk about anything else from the decade in sports that, that you can think of, you know, did I miss anything? Is there anything else that you want to, you know, it's almost like writing a love letter to sports, right? Because it, it shapes so much of who you are growing up. I, I think, mm-hmm. especially for both of us, you know, when you grow up and not trying to, to ruffle any feathers, but when you grow up as like a young boy, I think especially it, it really does impact your upbringing in your adolescence so much because you're playing sports you're watching sports and then you're going to school and you're talking about it with your friends it, it you know it it encompasses so much that you know that i wanted this to kind of be like a thank you to sports for, for just being so prevalent in my life so but you you take you know anything else that you wanted to get off your chest now's the time <laughs> you know yeah no i agree 100 percent. i think um just seeing the way the athletes lived especially um you know social media and stuff started 
coming around uh, in that decade. So you got to see how they lived. And I feel like they were your role models because um, they were famous. You wanted to be like them. Uh, everybody wanted to play it. Or I feel like everybody wanted to be a professional athlete. You know, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Um, my brother actually wanted to be a priest and a baseball player. I don't know how that was working for him. Interesting. But, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you, he hasn't been either of those things. So, uh, oh, for two there. So, but, uh, you know, the Malice of the Palace was huge, man. I remember watching that for days at Sports Center. Um, I just watched the, uh, there's the thing on Netflix. Documentary. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't watched it, watched it yet. I have a friend that's a huge uh, Pacer fan. And so um, I can't really bring it they, up with they, him. They have those? That's a thing? Yeah, I don't know. He's not even from like Indiana either. There's, there's so. Pacers fans. I mean, I love Reggie Miller, but he's a Colts fan too, which is funny because I just bring up the Super Bowl every yeah time I speak to him, and he gets real quiet. Um, it's great. It's the only time he's ever quiet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like sports. Just is my identity, or it was for sure growing up and. Uh, if I couldn't play sports, I don't know what I would be doing. Um, I broke my wrist one baseball season, and that was actually the only season that I got to play with my brother, who was four years older. And so he was a pitcher and I was a catcher. In the last game, I wasn't supposed to play, but we took off my cast and I caught an inning for my brother. And it was just so cool. And just That's like, awesome. there's so many memories that, you know, and, and just the, the camaraderie that come. I can never say that word come wrong yeah that one (laughs) (laughs) you know just the 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 social aspect that you get and being able to trash talk other people and uh, it's just yeah sports is so I feel like vital to learning you know there's so many different lessons in sports that you get to learn whether the feed or victory yeah, it's, I mean, it's everything. It, it, it teaches you so much. It, you know, it teaches you heartbreak, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, you, you learn heartbreak, you learn how to deal with a devastating loss, but you also learn triumph. And, and when your team wins, you feel that victory and you rejoice as well. And, you know, you, you learn what not to do, right. With some of these athletes that you watch, you know, <laughs> kind of act a fool. And it, it really is a vehicle to, you know, when you're, especially when you're kind of in your formative years, right? When you're, mm-hmm. you're a teenager, you're in middle school and high school, it really can be everything. You can watch an episode of Sports Center and feel every, every single emotion, you know, or yeah. an episode of Baseball Tonight and feel every single emotion. And, you know, I just remember doing that every single night watching Sports Center and then waiting for Baseball Tonight. And then after Baseball Tonight, I would watch the same episode of Sports Center that was on right? before Baseball Tonight. Like, like I hadn't seen it, you know, just an hour ago. So, yeah i mean it was it's just it's so great literally you know people have podcasts where that's all they do is talk about sports i mean that's you know we didn't even you know (laughs) we can have part two of this because you know we didn't even get into the other side of it like the video games and the sports movies and you know all sorts of other things that that sports kind of leads to and and the athletes that do become more than just athletes in that particular sport so um man i want to thank you for this uh this is a really fun trip down memory lane really happy to finally have you uh, you know on the podcast and and you know to get to chat with you and talk about something that we're both very clearly passionate about and nostalgic for so thanks a lot man no man thank you for uh, having me i really appreciate this uh podcast is great man i love i don't think we mentioned it but i do edit this podcast so it's really fun to do that just yeah great time i love catching up with you and 
uh, so glad that we were able to talk and just catch up. I know life is busy for both of us. So, um, you know, if you're ever in Texas, obviously, let me I, know. I won't be. No, I don't want to be either, but I'm stuck here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I told my wife was like, when we got married, I was like, I don't want to move back to Texas. And look where we are. And any other place, if it was someone was like, if you're ever here, it's like, all right, maybe Texas. I can tell you right now, I won't be. If your car breaks down while you're driving to Florida in Texas, let me know. Those are like the two places I have no interest in going. God dang it. <laughs> Anywhere down south, man. I don't know. Dude. If, if I just if I just wake up one day and I happen to be in Texas for whatever reason, I was like drugged and kidnapped and I'm in Texas, <laughs> I'll hit you up. You should probably like hit up a hospital or something first, but no, you first then the hospital. <laughs> oh, We're gonna go get that. fries from that place that Miles Garrett got French fries from. Uh, everywhere. No, he goes to uh there's this local uh Mexican place that's open 24-7, best case. So um gotcha. Great. Is it called there. best queso scenario? No, it's called a fuego, which means fire. Yeah, I know. But you know, you said best queso. I thought you were about to say best case, so I was like Best queso scenario. I feel like that would be a cool name. Yeah, it would be. No, I agree. That's a marketing a idea there. Dope name. Yeah, I got a lot of ideas. Um, yeah, yeah no. It's, yeah, and, and you mentioned that you edit the podcast. So, you know, thank you for doing that. I mean, I appreciate that. This wouldn't exist. This wouldn't happen without your work behind the scenes. So definitely want to thank you for that. Um, so big shout out to you for that. But also to Justin Nozick, who produced the music for this show. Uh, you know, just an, another person that you know this wouldn't be possible i mean i guess it would be possible but then i wouldn't have the cool catchy theme song at the beginning and the end of the episode so thank you justin for that uh you can follow uh, people don't forget on facebook or on twitter at pdf nostalgia pod please email people don't forget podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to appear on the show to discuss whatever nostalgic memories you have please subscribe to the BFOP network. I know I've been talking it up. Um, the reason I'm doing that is because it really is great. And, you know, these podcasts are a lot of fun to listen to. These guys work a lot harder than I do to produce <laughs> their podcasts and, and to, to put these out there for people and distribute them. So, you know, please listen to them. You can listen to them, you know, on any podcatcher, you know, on iTunes, Spotify, Google, you know, wherever you get your podcast. So check out, you know, all of them. I mean, I've been on a few of them. If you want to hear me, I've been on Throwback Trivia Takedown. I've been on Blast from Our Past. So those are great shows, but, you know, all of them are great. Podcasting After Dark is great. Uh, you know, all of them are, are incredible. So please listen to those. And remember that people don't forget. <laughs>